Welcome to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you will save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of the NVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our Rick Lions. And on this episode, we've got to discuss a 10-3 victory for the Colorado Rockies in a pretty great baseball game played a day after they were officially eliminated from playoff contention. But yes, as Joseph mentions here, the Colorado Rockies with the win have avoided the seller in the NL West, will not finish in last place. So we'll discuss all of that on this episode. We'll get some thoughts from Patrick uh, because you were not able to give uh, your thoughts yesterday on, I, I kind of basically gave my autopsy RIP of the season and start looking forward a little bit. We'll get some of your big picture thoughts on this one as well. And people, especially those of you who are subscribed to the YouTube channel, will get to locked to me watching the end of the Nuggets game, whether or not their season is over or will continue. We're down to the nitty gritty here. It's a, it's going to go down to the wire, it looks like. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'll be straight up with you. The last couple of the innings of the, of the Rockies game got a little bit fuzzy for me. I've been checking out this Nuggets game, but Patrick, you know, all you can go out and do when you've got a baseball game to play is try to pitch good. Uh, they didn't defend good, uh, but pitch good, hit good, and the Rockies did that and won a baseball game today. They did. They got a fantastic start out of Herman Marquez, which is the exact way you want to go out in your final start of the season. And he kind of been ramping up to this performance. Yeah, gave up three runs, none of which were earned, uh, as you alluded to. Four errors today, which were quite a lot, uh, unfortunately. But that's okay because the Rockies' defense. I'm senior artist. Yeah, <laughs> the defense has been really good. You know, all season. There's been a lot of metrics to to suggest that uh, it's been one of the better ones, especially the infield, uh, and especially when Josh Fuentes is at first base. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, it, it's nice that maybe the Rockies can, uh, I don't want to say go out on top because at least they're not going to go out on the bottom. There we don't go. go How about that? Yeah. No, not go that there's anything wrong with being a bottom. Not that there's anything wrong with that. However, they will not finish in last place, which, which, which is nice. But uh, as I kind of mentioned, you know, in, in previous podcasts that if you're, um, if you're not really good at winning, you should be really good at losing. So while it will make you feel slightly better, uh, the fact that the Rockies won't be in fifth place in the NL West, it means next year during the draft, you'll be going, really? Like they won a game or, or two at the end of last season? I really would have liked to have had that sixth pick uh, of every round here at thereafter. So uh, careful what you wish for. But you know what? Hey, maybe this is one good thing to feel good about since – According to the rule of Barbara Kreisman, all of your teams cannot win on the same day. Oh, no. And oh, no. That is going oh, to be oh, no. true today unless oh. the Nuggets pull out yet another miracle. We got two minutes left. Oh, LeBron just hit a dagger three. I mean, a dagger three right at the two-minute mark. It's not over, but that hurt my soul. That hurt my gut. 
that hurt me on the inside. Oh, that was brutal. Oh, I'm so proud of what the Nuggets have done this year. So immensely proud of what the Denver Nuggets have managed to pull off this year. And, and you know what, Patrick, you're right. In the long term, this win for the Rockies may not be the best thing. But in the short term, Rockies fans get the have the right to enjoy a well-played game by the uh, the players on the field. We saw more good stuff, as you mentioned there. Out of her man, Marquez, we saw uh, more great swings out of Elias Diaz, who may have earned himself a job here in these last couple of weeks, while some people may have tuned out, and and, and rightfully so, and these games haven't matters as, as much in the, in the big picture. They've certainly mattered to Elias Diaz, and he has uh, taken the, I think, made the most of them there. Uh, big home run in this one that really was a momentum swinger for the Colorado Rockies. And I expect to see him around, and I expect him to fight for the starting catcher job next year for the Colorado Rockies. He, he's definitely in the conversation for that. You know, it's, it's a shame that after everything Tony Walters has done the past three years, that such a down year like this, and not even a full year, True. with asterisk next to the, to the word year, um, but how quickly, you know, you can kind of lose that grasp on a starting role when, you know, one of the reasons why you have it is only for uh, half of what you are providing because, you know, make, make no qualms about it. You know, Tony Walters was the starting catcher for this team because of what he has brought defensively. And now that some of these young pitchers have, you know, developed because of Tony Walters, but because of their own just general abilities and their, their maturity, they don't necessarily need to have Tony behind the plate uh, to do a good job with them. So where does that, you know, place Tony Walters what what does his role become if he you know isn't that starting catcher if he does get usurped here by Elias Diaz who still has a couple years of control uh Rockies did pick him up as a free agent but it wasn't a free agent after uh his you know six year plus years of service time uh he was let go by Pittsburgh who as a cost-cutting measure you know because he he did have such a down year in 2019 defensively you know, lacks a, a lot of ability, certainly is, isn't as, you know, talented behind the plate as a Tony Walters, but, you know, you can kind of forgive that if he's going to be swinging the bat and, and kind of give you those notes of and allow you to reminisce on, you know, a, a, a willing Rosario type of, of bat where <laughs> when all things are going well, hey, man, this is a guy you might want to be hitting sixth in your lineup. Yeah, reminiscing on Moline Rosario is not something I'm especially inclined to do. But, yeah, you, you, that has always been a tough balance at that. Because that's not even true, actually. That's not that's not even an accurate statement I just said to you, Patrick Lyons. I was at – I don't go to very many gatherings. I've been at one in the last month. And the one time I was there, I met a Rockies fan. What I have, just happened to ask what I do for work then started saying, hey, you happen to have a resemblance to Charlie Blackman, and I had to share the story of the time that Willie Rosario had Charlie Blackman to me. I reminisce about Willie Rosario whenever I get the opportunity to. Not necessarily on the field, though, because while he hit those, I believe it was 24 home runs his rookie season as a catcher, which was absolutely amazing, He, the defense was a massive problem, and we've seen that. Uh, you know, it's it's been one or the other for the Rockies. You either get a guy you can hit, which has only been one or two of those guys, let's be honest with it. Um, Jeff Reed and and <laughs> Willian Rosario, and I think that's the end of the list. 
uh, and then dudes that can catch but can't hit. And and there's a long list of those guys from Joe Girardi to Tony Walters. And, you know, Diaz, I, I think, has started to show to me, he's not, look, he's not the disaster that Willian Rosario was behind the plate or that um, some of these other guys who can really swing it at catcher but can't get it done. Some things I see that, you know, with an especially critical eye for catcher that I want to see some softer hands, some quieter movements, some stuff. He's got an arm though. I like his arm down to second. Uh, There are some other great things. He seems to be working with the pitching staff. Well, Uh, he seems to be working a decent game plan. And so, yeah, I mean, I think he's got to be a big part of their catching plans moving forward. And if Dom Nunez takes another step forward, you've got to take a very serious look at, what how Walters fits into your plans with him being another year into arbitration now without a good year he's not going to make a whole lot more money he's gonna make a little bit more money he's going to make more money in those two guys and if Diaz and and Nunez are your better tandem at a third of the cost that may be the way to go and I love Tony Walters we got dash on the stash shirts and everything but look that may be the way to go I'm, I'm very, analysis. <laughs> I'm very impressed at you dropping some arbitration knowledge there because that that absolutely is a key component. I mean, look at this past off season when the Rockies, you know, excuse me, said goodbye to Chad Bettis and Tyler Anderson because, frankly, what they were making in arbitration, they didn't feel they were worth it. And turns out, you know, they were right. Tyler Anderson, um, you know, didn't didn't do too much uh, in San Francisco, and and Chad Bettis ultimately you know, uh, retired. So I think they were right in uh, their evaluations of those players, but, you know, still paying $2 million to a guy whose contributions could easily be replaced by a player who's making the league minimum. That's $1.5 million, which really is, is nothing to shake a stick at and could be the difference in, you know, a, a contract that you offer to one player where, you know what, we can't get him at seven, but if we increase to 8.5, he's coming to Coors Field that's a that's a pretty decent difference. So, you know, that right. that's definitely going to be a factor of the abilities of Mark Stripmatter, who's who's been able to, you know, work wonders and, and work magic with the, the catching core of the Colorado Rockies. If you take a guy like a, an Elias Diaz, who's, you know, he's no spring chicken. He's he's 29 years old. He'll be 30 next year. Right. Uh, catchers, catchers, you know, do, uh, I was going to say age like a fine wine, but, um, you know, they do take a while to mature in a lot of ways. And, and some of some of the best offensive seasons that you'll see at a players, and by best I mean, you know, bordering around the top ten, are guys that were brought in just as almost like a backup catcher who go in and they hit 15 home runs, they they knock in 60 runs. Elias Diaz, you know, can very easily be one of those guys, but you know, a little bit younger, a little bit cheaper, and with with a few years of control left. So um, you very well think, you know, there, there's a lot more upside to him than a Tony Walters. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the extremes where you can either hit, but you can't catch. You can catch, but you can't hit. And then there's really just been everybody else who has had good, you know, receiving skills behind the play, like a Nick Hundley. And, you know, they do a good job at the plate. Again, fine. Nick Hundley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you say, you say even in a great year, it's not going to it's it's not going to be that much of, of a game changer and, and Colorado's never had that kind of catching and I think never. that's probably one of the reasons why they may have reached 
or they may have been overly ambitious in this draft in uh, selecting Drew Romo as high as they sure. did because they thought maybe this is finally the guy that we can have and, and can be our Buster Posey quite possibly or our Yadier Molina, whatever it is. So Those you know, guys, but, as you just mentioned, tend not to be acquired through trade. It's a long-term gambit, man. It really is. But yeah. when teams find those guys, they tend to hang on to them. You have, you have to grow them, but yeah, that's a tough job. I think, you know, uh, we could have AJ on here sometime. This will be a fun offseason thing. Have him on and talk about the similarities between hockey goalie and catcher in Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. And, and the difficulty Very much. that comes. Because I think they're two of, like, quarterback may be among the most difficult jobs in all of professional sports, but there's so much glory and money and all the great stuff that comes from being a quarterback where hockey goalie and baseball catcher can be such a thankless job. There can be so many things you're expected to do and the wear and tear on your body that any normal person just can't fully comprehend. Uh, it's yeah. I, I think that would be a fascinating podcast. We got to do that at some point in the future. We, we do have some folks asking whatever, what, what happened to Willine Rosario? Well, uh, you yeah, might, there. You, you might, most of the people listening to this are probably thinking, well, he's, you know, at least a decade older than me. No, he's only 31 years old still. Right. Uh, and for the past few seasons, he has been playing uh, in, in, in Japan. Uh, even it's been a season uh, with the Hanwha Eagles of the KBO, uh, one of our favorite baseball leagues. When we're going through the list of great baseball leagues in the world, KBO oh. is up there. That's right. Well, we did a lot of, we did a lot of good coverage of that uh uh, during the beginning of this pandemic. So, yeah, um, the baby bull, man, good good memories. And, yeah, Elias Diaz could be that could be that guy in, in, in that vein as far as, like, you know what, he might be able to deliver on some of the hype. And, and it was nice to see his, his three-hit day. Uh, just just missed out on the cycle. Uh, and and he, he could be the solution. He could be the solution. And I'll say this, for anyone who hasn't read your most recent article, Drew, I think in a lot of ways you you touched on something that of what Elias Diaz is as far as these guys that are almost placeholders that could become something much bigger. But if they're not, guess what? You didn't spend a lot on them in the first place. So I recommend you know anyone to, to check that article out that just dropped today on Saturday. Um, fantastic. You know, one of the best pieces uh, I think you've produced this year. Hey, thank you. But you got to be subscribed to the DNVR.com to read that thing. And I do go into a, a pretty hefty blueprint of uh, uh, what I think the Rockies should do. And I, I didn't pull too many punches on, on what the issues are. For those of you that, that think I haven't been critical enough of the organization, I highly recommend you check out that piece. I'd be curious to see what you think of that one. And and maybe read it while you're throwing back a nice Breck brew. I got the Strawberry Sky here today. Drank the Avalanche Amber while watching the end of this Nuggets game. They sadly and very disappointingly have gone down in the Western Conference Finals to, I don't say their names, the team from California or whatever. You know, who, who they always lose to. When their season comes to an end, um, they wait. No, they're 
They're down four one. That's that's where they want to be, baby. What? Come on, Dude, don't be negative now. Exactly. They want them. What a fun team! What a fantastic team that did. And and you know there there are a lot of parallels there, except for the part where the front office for the Nuggets nailed their key decisions after rightfully slowly patiently and through a lot of negative press building their core from within through the draft with young guys who a lot of people didn't believe in including Nikola Jokic who was taken in the like 30th round equivalent because he was taken in the second round of the NBA draft near the end of the second round of the NBA draft is equivalent to a 15th round guy in major league baseball like that's a you're, you're taking a hail mary on somebody like that and you know, they, they they built the team up the right way, but then they went out and made all the right key moves. Bringing in a coach like Mike Malone, getting Jeremy Grant, who's been a huge piece for this team. Uh, and that, that's like exactly what the Rockies hoped that bullpen pieces like Brian Shaw or Jake McGee or, or a guy like Ian Desmond could be for this team. And they just, they just weren't. They just were not that, and it was bad and it didn't work out and now they've got a chance to try it all over again and it'll be really interesting to see which way they go but Patrick tough tough end for the Nuggets there but I think still uh, showing kind of a, a model that the Rockies can follow even though it's a totally different sport um that they don't need to totally reinvent the wheel or go a completely different direction from what they've done, but they've got to be smarter and they've got to hit on those moves. Yeah. There's nothing sexy about playing basketball in, in Denver, uh, for lack of a a better, better way of of phrasing it. They have so many of the same problems. The Rockies do get the dude to come here. So build totally, totally right. Yeah. It's, it's strange how at one point, this year, uh, I guess that would have been in you know late June, where I wrote an article about how it was just a great time to be a fan in Colorado, or, or a proud time. You have Ian Desmond taking his stance, a social stance, to sit out. You had you know the Nuggets and the Avalanche as, as two really young teams. They still are, and they still have you know such great potential to win. Uh, their respective championships in the next, I think, even you know, two seasons. I, I think it goes beyond that. I think the Rockies still playoffs two out of the last three seasons. There are so many Larry Walker being in the Hall of Fame. There was there was a lot. I'm I'm not even hitting on all of it, and yet here now, a few three months later, and you've got the Rockies season ends on Friday, the Nuggets season ends on Saturday. If the Buccaneers can take it to the Broncos, <laughs> maybe the Broncos season, season ends, ends on it, Sunday. As you know, we're, we're knocked out a, a couple the weeks ago. season ended the second Drew Locke went down and and, yeah. and didn't come back. But, yeah, it's been, yeah, totally, totally, dude. It's been brutal. It's, 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 a, it's a little wild. But, but again, there, there, is, there is a lot of hope. There is a lot of promise. NHL draft, I know. Um, our, our guys are going to be doing an AJ, uh, amazing job, AJ and, and Rudo. They're going to be uh, bringing you some, some great draft coverage 
I know, you know, the NBA draft will be right around the corner as well, too. I don't, I don't know if they've set the date for that. I imagine they have. The season will be starting up five minutes after the draft. I, I was going to say, right, like their seasons just start now? Like, it's so bizarre. Everything And, and before yeah. we know it, all the excitement uh, and, and Major League playoffs is, is going to go down in the month of October. And boom, we're going to enter the, the hot stove season. All right, two things for you because – hot stove season baby i'm so excited because straight up like this is the most excited i've ever been to talk about a rockies off season so we've still got to like temper ourselves a little bit we're gonna get there but we got before that the actual postseason we got to do some betting first of all we got to get on the DraftKings sportsbook app we got to figure out which one of these teams we got to bet on we got to do two different things here we got to go with our heart we got to go with our brain we'll talk about our heart in our minute our brain, who we think is going to win this thing, Patrick. We gotta, we gotta figure out who our pick is to win the whole dang thing. Luckily, we've got a little bit of time because the specials on that, I assume, are going to be out next week from the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, you want to be a new user. You want to sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You want to get your football knowledge to put a little extra money in your pocket. Then what you do is use that code DNVR. And you get a sign-up bonus where you pick one team, any team, to win themselves a football game, and you win yourself 100 bucks just for putting in $1. That is an extraordinary wow. odd situation for you out there, folks. You definitely want to get in on that. Just pick any team. And actually, you can do pretty much basically the same thing. Again, if you if you understand how it works – uh, with UFC, if you're not a football person, check out the opera with the UFC. It's it's basically the equivalent. Really great stuff there. They're helping you out. They're always helping you out. You start throwing just a couple of little $5, $10 bets here, there at someone you think is going to get a strikeout record or, or someone you think is going to uh, win a baseball game, whatever it may be. And then you find, oh, hey, I woke up today. I've got an extra five, 10 bucks. I can throw wherever I like, just at whatever I want out there in the world of sports. And if I win big, do I have to give any of it back? Do I have to pay DraftKings for the free money they gave me? Nope. I get to put it right into my bank account. I get to do the thing. And yes, Jake, 10 game parlays. If you can work them out, uh, <laughs> I cannot recommend. <laughs> Neither can you, obviously, if you know what it's only doing. 10 game parlays. Apparently, you're not very confident in your abilities. Right, it baby. I mean, you can if if they throw you a free five dollars and you can roll it into a ten game parlay that hits rock and roll. I mean, it's not <laughs> DNVR bets. If you're listening to, uh, I almost said our our, our sister podcast. Uh, Why not? I mean, yeah, they are. I mean, ultimately. Uh, yeah, DNVR bets. They're they're gonna have those those parlays for you. And incidentally, um, I I did some following up. You, when when making that uh, one dollar NFL pick, uh, you cannot uh, put it on the Oilers. So Drew, we've been uh, we've been slightly misinforming yeah. some of our listeners. Also, I uh, learned the hard way. The Argonauts. Nope, nope. You cannot put that one dollar bet on the Toronto Argonauts. Jason has been phenomenal. All season. So yep. that's mm. that's brutal. That's killing me. But it's an update. So I'll find another place to put my $1 to win $100 using that DNVR promo code over 
at the DraftKings Sportsbook for a limited time. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And Patrick, as we near, and I mean, if you look, hey, if you want to throw a, a couple of <laughs> thoughts about the game out there, I, I did very little in the game yesterday. Hey, the Rockies won 10-3, as we said. Home run from Diaz. Uh, draft king of the game, Elias Diaz, with the game swinging home run. I could have given it to Herman Marquez. Don Herman could have gone that way, but it basically a toss up between those two. Uh, and again, you got to use that promo code, Draft King of the Game. Looks like we're going with Herman. Got to go with Herman. I mean, I guess the seventh inning, especially too. Zero earned runs was the key there. He actually yeah, zero yeah. were earned. It, yeah, I, I keep forgetting about the the errors because I try to erase terrible defense from my mind because it offends my every sensibility. But you're right. We got to go. You got to go, Don Herman. You got to give the king his due. Marky <laughs> Del Rey was fantastic. Yeah, some some of the other interesting takeaways. You know, I tweeted about it that since Josh Fuentes kind of was called up from Metro State, yes, you that's that's a thing. If you're just tuning in now. <laughs> Uh, really? jumping in, you know, and the penultimate game of the season, and you're like, wait, someone got called up uh, a roadrunner? That's where they're practicing at is, is Metro State University. Uh, since he got called up on, on August 25th, uh, tied for the team lead with six doubles with Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story. Tied for, uh, at one point in the game, uh, 14 runs scored. Tied with with Story, Pilar, Tapia, uh, Rymel Tapia with a uh, nice three-hit performance, now leads the team with a 317 average. Yes. Two more hits for Trevor Story, uh, including his 15th stolen base. So he uh, should finish the season tops in the National League in stolen bases. And and, and Ryan McMahon, in a lot of ways, coming back. We saw last night he kind of got started uh, on, on that path with uh, you know a double and, and a couple of hits last night. Another one uh, today uh, with with an RBI, uh, two RBI, excuse me. So you know, promising there for him because he he's been a disappointment for the whole season. So again, there are those not not storylines, but there are positives to take away from the end of this season. Uh, number one being the fact that I can finally now wear this shirt, Colorado Rakes, because I was waiting for them to taco another team. And the past couple of weeks, they've been tacoed. They've been tacoed. They hadn't been doing too much tacoing. I had to count it up. So the Rockies have tacoed 18 times, and they've gotten tacoed also 18 times. So oh. it's an 18 to 18 in the taco category. Oh, Incidentally, can you happen. can you use it as a verb? I, I think I may have just trademarked I, I think that. We have, yeah. No, I, I, I believe we just did. So done. There it is. They've been tacoed, and they have tacoed. That I, I would have thought that ratio would have been off a little bit more. So I there. thought it. I thought there would have been a couple more taco wings uh, having yeah. come down upon them, but right. alas, uh, it is a even taco. An even taco. There it is. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I do want to give you the opportunity then uh, to share a few of your thoughts on the. Kind of finality of the season. We know there's 
another game to play. And those of you who took the over on the DraftKings uh, preseason for the Rockies will be tuning in tomorrow with a great deal of interest and anticipation and need for them to play a good game because they got to win that one to hit that over on their preseason projections. Uh, beyond that, not much meaning in that final game. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I, I wrote the article earlier today. I hope everyone can go and check that out. I yeah. got my thoughts on the last podcast. So I wanted to sort of give you the floor here to give your sort of end of the season Rockies thoughts, analysis, address, opinions, questions, comments, philosophical panderings. Well, w- without getting into too much detail, I will say that it's now a, a maybe not a season and a half, but very well close to it. And we know, hey, this is the quest for the asterisk. And even if you come in last place in that quest, there is an asterisk next to the fact that you came in last place. Either way you want to look at it, there's an asterisk everywhere. But I don't think you could put an asterisk next to the fact that it has now been a year and a half since the Rockies have been a very good ball club after those consecutive playoff appearances. You now have a situation where two of your top players in in John Gray and Trevor Story are free agents after this season. You do have, obviously, Nolan Arenado as a potential opt-out candidate. I'm not quite as worried about that. But that is obviously a factor. It's a thing. You can't, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't just ignore it. There are one of the players that was going to be a free agent after the 2021 season. The Rockies locked up, and that was Scott Oberg, who you have nothing but questions about. David Dahl, after an all-star season in 2019, you have a lot of questions about. Tony Walters, who was a guy that you had questions about last year, you have even more questions about. So... This is a uh, quest for the questions, I, I guess. We're searching the quest for the answers. I, we really should call this offseason is the quest for the answers because there are a lot of questions about the on-the-field talent of the Colorado Rockies. There are uh, rightfully questions about the coaches within the dugout many of which have great pedigrees, many of which have done some amazing things in the game. But right now, there are questions that linger. There are questions about the front office, and I think you can even go so far as to say as there are questions about the ownership of this team right now. So a lot to be be unpacked this offseason. And if if anyone's going to do it, it's you and me, baby. That's right. We're going to be here for all of it. I think what we're going to have to do, Patrick, and this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about it, is because we are going to be able to get very granular. We're going to be able to go detail by detail, position by position, player by player. Everyone who's currently on the roster and tell you where does this guy fit, if he fits at all, should the Rockies consider dealing him, cutting him, benching him, Outside of the core players, you you sort of know, right? And then going through every free agent, every trade candidate, every maybe even potential hitting coach, pitching coach, if not coaches, gurus, 
analytics people, and maybe even managers and general managers. I've, I've said many times, I don't think Bud Black's going anywhere. And a little bit lower than that, I doubt Jeff Breidich is going anywhere. But that doesn't mean that we can't consider who would be better options for the Colorado Rockies in the meantime, or who could come in as a potential team president and guide this team to a new future. And I I think one of the things that I wrote today in that article, Patrick, that I just want to reverberate because I know there's so much fatalism around the Colorado Rockies right now. And I understand that there's so much, they suck and they're always going to suck and this sucks and it sucks. And like, I feel you. People are struggling. People are struggling with their fandom for sure. I hear you right now. But right now, I believe as somebody who has followed this team and researched them as closely as anybody for the entirety of their existence, though I was a small child, so I've got to tip my cap to guys like Harding and Saunders and and, and Ringlesby, who maybe were adults during some of that time. But beyond those guys, somebody who's really followed this team, I believe two things very, very deeply. One, everything is on the table. All of it. New team president, new GM, new manager, no Nolan, yes Nolan, no Trevor, yes Trevor, no, down the line. All of it's on the table. And number two, nobody. Not you, not me, not Dick Monfort, not Jeff Breidich, not Bud Black. Nobody right now here today on September 26th knows what happens next with this team. Nobody knows exactly what this roster is going to look like. And boy, it's going to be fun digging through what it should look like, and then comparing that to what it actually does look like. That that pretty much encapsulates the Colorado Rockies offseason because I, I agree, and I think this is what you're saying in a roundabout way, but Dick Monfort and Jeff Breidich don't know what's going to happen this offseason, and that's, that's a problem. That is a major problem. They can make a choice. Maybe. But they don't know what's going to happen going forward. I mean, that's a way to phrase it, but certainty one way or the other will end up making a fool of just about anybody in this game. You're certain of that. that. (laughs) And of that, I am certain. I'll say this. The one person, and maybe this just brings a little bit of levity to the whole situation. The one guy who was missing during much of this season and is not getting any criticism and will be back next year and the year after that and the year after that. And the guy we can all agree upon, and maybe I shouldn't be saying guy, but is Dinger. Dinger, his job, its job, that job is safe. I I didn't see Dinger waving that big banner after a W at all this season at Coors Field. Not once. Talk about, you know, absence and talk about maybe not earning their contract. But Dinger will be back. Negative Mar. Negative Mar on Dinger. Do I? I don't know. It's Wham. It's Wham. It's (laughs) Wind Above Mascot. 
It's wham. Or it's waves. It's waves warm. above. Warm. No, it's warm. 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 It's, it's warm. War win. Waves after Rockies win. Right? How many waves do you have after? We're, we're getting off the rails again. Almost. Almost. Hey, look, folks. We've got one a loud clap. <laughs> I hope that worked out well in your earbuds. Hey, we've got one last Rockies game to watch, and we're going to watch it. it because we only got 60 of them this year after a 10-month offseason. We're going to have another offseason, and you know what? While I presume that the season will begin in 2021 on a more normal schedule and we'll get 162 games, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that you don't freaking no <laughs> and so let's appreciate tomorrow's baseball game yeah because we know it will be played and that's all that we know for sure we so. think it will be played <laughs> right. tomorrow right. they play yeah. at a dome stadium so i mean like <laughs> it doesn't matter up. what happens with the weather <laughs> unless there's a haboob and they don't they're not able to close. Are you familiar with Haboobs? No, that was a new one for me. I was gonna play it off like I did, but now that you put me on the That's spot, okay. I've got no idea. They're they're just like these <laughs> like monstrous dust clouds, just a real thing. Like it's bad. Haboob. Yes, it's spelled exactly as you would think it would be. Haboob. <laughs> Look it up. Yes. Okay. So okay. Unless there's a haboob Should cancellation. Search when I Google or <laughs> yeah. Be all right. yeah. All right. Well, as we, I, I hope, have proven here, we're going to continue to have fun here. We're going to have a whole lot of fun going through the offseason. Oh, here's the other thing, Patrick, I wanted to throw at you for our, because we, we did our, well, we haven't actually said our DraftKings sports bet for the World Series. We'll give you that tomorrow, you greedy animals. Goodness. What is wrong with you? Now now we got Will typing stuff. Hopefully we don't get Inappropriate. Will, not cool. We're going to have to boot you out <laughs> with that language. Who, who would even say? It is. He's, he's with you. It's totally a dust storm, he says. Yeah, it. sure. It's the only thing I know about science in the world. That's it. <laughs> That's the I am not thing. a sign. Yes. So we don't have our, our, our brain vote yet for World Series to tell you where to put your money. We are not yet ready for that. But I've got my heart vote. I've got my team I want to follow for this postseason. So they're going to they're gonna get knocked out in the first round because I think they're an eight-seed or a seven-seed or something like that too. And but, it's the San Diego Padres, right? You are all – you've been all about the Padres this whole you know, season, especially the offseason. Huge Padres guy. Huge Padres guy. Let the record show. I've never once doubted that team. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the Toronto Blue Jays? The Toronto Blue Jays of Buffalo are definitely That's what I'm saying. They an got interesting no squad. They got, how can you not pull for a team? It's, it's got no home. Hyunjin Ryu, you're okay with rooting for him now? I mean, I guess so. I'm not a Dodger anymore. I've always kind of, honestly. Still I've wearing blue. Kind of like, Still wearing blue. That's true. That's true. I do like the 90s throwback vibe of the whole team. I've always liked the, the, the fact that they're all kids of players I liked growing up. Even though yeah. I was never the biggest Greg Biggio fan, whatever, respect. Like, I didn't hate him. I, I just wasn't, he just wasn't my guy, you know. Was who was your favorite closer of the Cincinnati Reds in the 90s? Was it Jeff Shaw, <laughs> father of Travis Shaw? Then, yes, all of your favorite players in the 90s have a child on this team, including Dante Bichette. Yes, if you haven't heard, 
Bo Bichette. So if you're looking for Rockies connections, Bo Bichette is a guy Bo to Bichette? root for. Like Guerrero Jr. Yankees have a couple uh, couple of former Rockies Look, we players. we go that route if we want to be those guys. If we want to be those people. No, thought, that's no fun. I did. You know what? I no started fun. looking at this. I'm going to – look, whatever. It's late. Who's listening? Is this on the podcast still? Hi. You downloaded this. Um, I was looking at DJ LeMahieu's home runs in New York. I'm going to have to write an article. I think maybe 40% of them would be home runs at Coors Field. Mm. Yeah, good possibility. It's just a thing I noticed. Love DJ, though. There's absolutely no reason. I mean, there are zero reasons. I mean, literally, there are no reasons. That was my Alice's Restaurant version for you. To root against DJ LeMayhew. None. (laughs) So you might as well. Like, I can't root for the Yankees. No. Yeah, anyone who roots for the Yankees should probably say to themselves, where is my mind from your favorite film, Fight Club? Yes. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Let's have a ball. Gigantic. Yes. Pixies fan? Are you a Pixies fan, Drew? I just know the one song. Straight up, I'm not even going to be a pretender. I should I should know more. I just know the one song. You're not a big Francis Black, a.k.a. Black Francis fan? No. no. And Breeders? I, have you I ever gotten am, into the Breeders? The only reason I know these references is because they've been thrown at me after shows that I've done where people are like, oh, you kind of remind me of. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Cannonball is one of the one of the top songs of the '90s. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Cannonball, I'm into. Uh, what else we got? I'm gonna say, start naming them. Uh, <laughs> there, there are a few, but I should. That's like an area I should be better at. That like I know lacks in my musical repertoire. That I'm just like, put on some Pixies in the background. Read some Chuck Palahniuk. And you'll, right. you'll kill two birds with one stone. I've read three or four Chuck Palahniuk books. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm that guy who should have listened to several your, Pixies. Books. What is your favorite Chuck Palahniuk book? Oh. It's better not say Fight Club. It's well, your no, favorite it's movie. No, because no, Fight Club is better as a movie. And it, it, it legitimately is. I think Choker Monster. Probably monster Very because nice. it was so damn weird. And I'm I'm a huge like if you if you started to get a collection of my favorite stuff, movies, TV shows, video games, you'd start to find a collection of very weird what what a lot of people might call mind f's or or psychobabble or philosophical like yeah. The weirder it is, the the more I'm going to be into it. The more the more it tries to mess with its audience too. I'm always a fan of art that really messes with you. Yeah. Survivor. Did you ever read Survivor? That's Chuck Palahniuk's first. I didn't read that. One. The fiction. No. Very good companion piece to Fight Club. Very good companion piece. Uh, Haunted is probably my favorite of his books. That was, and that's probably that's pretty twisted. Everything that came after Rant. I mean, it has a much longer name than that, but Rant uh, is is oh, is okay. I, I kind of that's when I tapped out of yeah. of Chuck Palahniuk. Um, I think once you once you hit thirty years old, you're like, oh, that, that was fun. It's fun reading Chuck Palahniuk in the twenties. 
Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's like that in Bukowski. Like you're like, all right, that that was fun. That was fun yeah. to romanticize being uh, a drunkard, uh, barfly, who's old and decrepit and whatnot. <laughs> uh, also, Dostoevsky, based on some of the comments. And on that note, Fathers and Sons by Turgenev. Got to read some of the classics, my man. All true. All 100% I'm, true. I'm a big Dostoevsky fan. So you can, um, fair enough. Anton Chekhov also. His short stories, more than, more than anything. More short Chekowski. stories of Chekhov. More of what? Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky, the, the, Tchaikovsky, the, the ballet dancer? The, the ballet, oh. yeah. Tchaikovsky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no. Nutcracker. Not a ballet. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nutcracker. Sweet. That's, I feel like that's a Bill and Ted's joke there. On the absolute worst place. Join, and you can join us for Patrick and Drew interpret the classics on tomorrow's mm. edition of the DNVR Rockies podcast. We, we needed to balance it based off of our conversation about 90s cartoons. That wasn't bad. We did a little lit literature segment. That's right. It's usually pro wrestling and 90s cartoons, but we did a little, little bit of authorship mm -hmm. on this eve. Hey, That's thanks, right. everybody for hanging out with us. We really do appreciate you. It's been a weird and mostly terrible season for the Colorado Rockies. We're going to be back at it every day through the postseason, through the offseason. Maybe not every day, but most of the days. So hang out with us. Make sure you're following on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You give us a subscribe at the dnvr.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on shirts, hats, masks. Um, you get a bigger bar. Uh, uh, no, a bigger bar when you come down to the beer. Uh, <laughs> a Breckenridge bar when you come down to the beer. And it's a whole lot of fun just to be a part of this community. We really do appreciate it. I saw somebody uh, mention that they resubscribed so they could read my article today and sent me a little piece about how it feels like coming back home and, and, and reuniting with members of the family. And the only thing I could think of, and I had to reply because it went straight to my mind because, again, I'm a product of this era, was, of course, Dom, Vin Diesel himself from Fast and Furious, whichever one. I think the first one. I don't have I friends. Got family. Beautiful. Not as beautiful as his, his new single, but. <laughs> I'm going to have to give that a listen. Yes. Vin Diesel released a, a single. Uh, so to all of our family out there, we hope that you will continue to be absolutely awesome. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Priestman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.